Welcome to Indie Cider, where we go beyond the game and meet the developers behind today's indie hits. Hello, and welcome to the Indie Cider podcast, where I play indie games and then interview the developer. This is episode number 52 for Wednesday, November 2nd, 2016. I'm your host, Ken Gagne, and this week I'm playing Beholder, developed by Warm Lamp Games and published by Alawar Entertainment, both of which are based in Siberia, Russia. Beholder, which is due to be published any day now on Steam, is a 2D spying strategy simulation game. You are a landlord in an apartment building in some sort of totalitarian state, and your job is to spy on all your tenants, report their activities back to the state, and if they are found guilty of a crime, to report them and have them arrested. Now what qualifies as illegal in a totalitarian state can change day to day. Perhaps it's the writings of a certain revolutionary poet. Perhaps it's illegal tobacco. Perhaps it's just a certain kind of music, or even a fruit like an apple. It is not your place to question, it is your place to serve. At least if you want good things to happen to your family, consisting of your wife, son, and daughter. If, on the other hand, you stick your neck out and try to save your tenants from the state, then that might not go so well for you. It's somewhat similar to Papers, Please, except much more interactive. Think of all the different hotel building and simulation games that you often find on mobile devices. This game is somewhat like that, where you have a cross-section of the entire apartment building. You can scroll around and see the entire place or zoom in on particular buildings, but you can only see behind the closed doors and into the apartment building In one of two cases, if you navigate your character up to the door and peep through the keyhole, or if, when the tenants are out, you enter their apartment, which you have the keys to do, being the landlord, and stall hidden security cameras. You can then use those cameras to look into the apartment anytime, no matter what is going on or who is there. That is, of course, how you catch them in the act, whatever the act might be. If you take copious notes, you can then report them back to the state, Sometimes this consists of only a profile, letting the state know who they are and what they're into, what their hobbies and careers and passions are, and what their marital status might be. But if it is an actual crime, such as producing drugs or gambling, then that is when you report them. In either case, you earn credits that allow you to buy bigger and better equipment, whether that might be security cameras with a wider field of vision, or perhaps a nice bottle of vodka that you can use to bribe just the right person. It's a somewhat serious game in the vein of, say, This War of Mine, or, again, Papers, Please. Despite that, there are certain moments of humor, such as just how cynical some of the characters can be, and some of the interactions you have with them can actually be quite warm and encouraging. Nonetheless, it seems more than a coincidence that a game set in a totalitarian state was developed in Russia, so that will be one of the key points I discuss with not the developer this week, but actually the publisher. Yes, that's right, this game is being published by Alawar Entertainment, and one of their representatives spoke to me on this week's IndieCider in an interview recorded back on Tuesday, October 18th. Normally, I do speak with developers about self-published games, but Warm Lamp Games, the developer of Beholder, is actually an internal indie studio for the publisher, Alawar Entertainment. It's an unusual arrangement and one that we'll be talking about in this episode. You can find Beholder at beholder-game.com, and you can find show notes to all the resources mentioned in this episode, as well as a video of me playing the game while I speak with the publisher at indiesider.net slash beholder. 
So if the game isn't out yet by the time you hear this podcast, here is a sneak peek at what's to come. And if you're listening to this after the game has come out, then I hope you enjoy this look behind the scenes at the creation of Beholder. Joining me today is Evgeny Kapustin, the head of Midcore Marketing at Alawar Entertainment. Hello. Uh, hi. Hello. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Fine, thanks. Thank you for finding time for me. I'm in Boston, Massachusetts in the United States. You are in Novosibirsk in Siberia, Russia. We are 11 hours apart. I really appreciate you bridging that gap and taking the time to talk to me. Well, it's actually 9 a.m. here, so uh, any anyway, I'm up and ready for, for the work. <laughs> well, what a great way to start the day then. <laughs> Definitely. So as I mentioned, you are with Alowar Entertainment, which is actually the publisher of Beholder, which was developed by Warm Lamp Games. I usually do interview the developers on this podcast. So what is the relationship between Alowar Entertainment and Warm Lamp Games? That's a great question, uh, a very interesting one. Uh, yep, as uh, as you mentioned, Alawar is a game publisher, and uh, we publish uh, casual games for PC, uh, mobile platforms, uh, and uh, I think some players are familiar with our Match Three games, and uh, some played our time management uh, games from Fun Crazy series, and maybe some have come across our hidden object games. As for Wamlam Games, uh, well, officially, it is a recently created game development studio, uh, which was found in 2015, uh, last year. But in fact, uh, these are the people from uh, All of Our Stargees. Uh, it's our internal uh, game developing studio that was found in 2004. So... Um, this is a team of people that we've been working with for several years, and they developed games uh, for PC and mobile that we, uh, that we uh, as Alawar, uh, published. So uh, they do have a great uh, expertise, and they are very skilled in developing games. Uh, they are based in uh, Barnaul. Uh, this is a city uh, near to Novosibirsk, so... Uh, we are pretty much close. And uh, initially, Wormlum Games uh, consisted of uh, 12 uh, people, artists, developers. And uh, why was a new studio uh, created? Uh, it was an experiment. Uh, for all of it was an indie experiment. And uh, by this, I mean that... Uh, we, as a big publisher, we uh, always wanted to know what it feels like to be an indie developer, especially when this uh, this indie uh, stream, this indie community, uh, community uh, became more and more popular. So um, those people who were initially uh, gathered under the, the name of uh, Warm Lum Games, uh, they were put there as an indie studio. So uh, not in terms of uh, some development expertise, uh, they still know what to do. They have experience in developing games. Uh, they're not a university students or some enthusiasts who just have a background of a player, but not a background of a developer. But from other points of view, they uh, really were indie. Well, they, uh, they, they, they had a very limited budget. Uh, and uh, on the other hand, they had uh, unlimited opportunities. So they could just sit and uh, develop a game of their dream or something like this. Uh, we, uh, Alawar, were uh, always there. We were uh, watching them closely, but we 
tried not to interfere. So uh, we just were looking at the process. Uh, well, maybe a couple of times we gave us a very slight piece of advice, but uh, all in all, this uh, studio was an independent one. And uh, we were just very curious of what is going to happen, what we will have as a result of all this uh, development and this indie experiment. That's, that, that is what actually Warm Lump Games is all about. Excellent. Thank you for that background. That explains a lot. I'm also looking at the website for Alawar, that being company.alawar.com, and it mentions that your studio seems to focus on publishing casual games. Would you describe Beholder as a casual game? Uh, well, definitely not. We, uh, we do publish casual games, and we have a huge portfolio of casual games, but Beholder is another experiment uh, that we uh, try to make. It is not a casual game, uh, neither it is a uh, hardcore title. It's somewhere in between. It's kind of a, a mid-core game that you should pay attention to. It's not a kind of a mobile game that you have uh, a couple of minutes uh, for a game session and then you're over and you just can go on with your other whatever you were doing before. But it's not that very complicated game where you have to put a lot of effort to just start the game and go through the tutorial part and to find out what to do next. So it's a kind of a mid-core project, and I would say that we uh, haven't uh, haven't got anything like this in our portfolio so far, so uh, this is a game that differs greatly from any other project that Oliver has already published. And it differs from a lot of other games that are also like this in that it is being developed in a part of the world where we can see where the game's inspiration comes from. I mean, there have been games about totalitarian states, but as far as I know, they were usually developed in Western Europe or in the United States. The correlation between the nature of Beholder and it being developed by Russia doesn't seem like a coincidence. How, how much of this game was inspired by the country in which it's been developed? <laughs> uh, let's uh, well, let's be honest from the beginning. Uh, this game is not about Russia. Not about Russia at all. Uh, because um, what this game is all about is uh, about moral choices that we put in front of a player. And the, um, the choice of the setting, uh, the reason why we uh, decided to pick a totalitarian state as a place where all the things happen is because we would like to make the setting as clear as possible. And the really tricky thing and the very interesting thing for us uh, in this case uh, is uh, that a lot of people who tried our uh, better version, a lot of people who tried our demo version, a lot of people who reviewed our game on YouTube channels or on some media, they always see uh, the, uh, the very, very close, uh, very similar setting to Russia. Uh, a lot of people see uh, the similarity uh, between Beholder setting and uh, some Eastern uh, Europe or Western Europe countries, Hungary or even Germany. Uh, well, maybe not uh, contemporary Germany, but maybe uh, Germany of uh, several years ago. But the point is that uh, we put a player into 
the situation when uh, where they have to decide and make uh, really complicated choices. And we want a player to be focused on the choices and uh, on the uh, stories that our characters tell. And that is why uh, we try to choose the setting that would describe itself. And in this case, uh, if uh, if we use some kind of a, a fairy tale kingdom, uh, we would still have to explain the rules to a player because every uh, kingdom has its own rules. Uh, some may even deny the basic laws of physics or something like this. If we tried some fant- uh, I, don't, I don't know, space settings, sci-fi settings, again, there would be a necessity of telling the story of uh, how mankind uh, have come up to this very stage of development and what rules are there and uh, how we should behave. If we're speaking about a totalitarian state, it is more or less clear what is going to happen because we all know from the history of uh, mankind, from the history of uh, different countries and from the uh, contemporary state of world, uh, some see Russia as a totalitarian state, some uh, see uh, Korea as a totalitarian state. So uh, these are the things that are basically universal. And when you say a person that you're going to live in a totalitarian state, they initially understand that there are going to be rules, oppressive laws, uh, something will be forbidden, uh, something will be prohibited. There will be a lot of uh, a lot of boundaries and uh, there, we, there will be very few freedom. So uh, this setting was the most universal one and uh, will relieve us from the necessity to uh, describe to a player what is going to happen around. But this thing that a lot of people uh, see Beholder as actually a game uh, that is happening in Russia and uh, see this state as a Russian state is a pretty much interesting thing for us. I think what you're encountering is a lot of stereotypes and popular culture myths about what Russia and Siberia are. Probably most people who are playing your game, at least among my colleagues here in the United States, have never been to Russia and may not have even met anybody who's been to Russia. So they have to just assume that they know what Russia is actually like by playing this game, even if they're completely wrong. <laughs> well, um, you know, there was another thing. Um, the general setting of a totalitarian state may refer to Russia, especially uh, those people who have never been here before. They may see the clear resemblance of Russia here. But on the other hand, uh Carl, the uh, main character of our game, he actually spies on other people, uh, the people living in a uh, in a house, uh, by uh, taping them, by setting up cameras, by listening to their talks uh, through bugs, or just hearing them uh, when he hides somewhere. I think that these very features are not only applied to Russia because we all know about different scandals with uh, Edward Snowden. Uh, we all know about WikiLeaks and Julian Assange. We uh, all heard uh, all heard about uh, the uh, scandals with the German authorities, who, well, as some say, uh, were wiretaped by the United States. So the means uh, of getting the information are far 
from just uh, you know R Russian style. <laughs> so these are uh, the means of getting the information that you need and that you require for uh, accomplishing your goals are pretty much universal. So uh, that may may maybe that's why we actually got some feedback from our players who tested our beta version. A lot of them uh, told us that uh, this game is about Hungary, this game is about Germany. Uh, some players even said that this game is about United States, so it really depends on who's playing. And uh, in this case, the name of the game, Beholder, is actually resembles that very uh, proverb that uh, the beauty is in the eye of the Beholder. But again, the <laughs> country that we are playing in is also in the eye of the Beholder, which is actually in the eye of a player who plays our game. Oh, I hadn't thought of that interpretation. I like that. And uh, it, it definitely gives me something to think about because you said how some people see this f game as being in the United States. I just saw the movie Snowden about Edward Snowden, who is, of course, now living in Russia. And the amount of wiretapping and surveillance that's being done in my country, the United States, by our own government on its own citizens is appalling. And so you're right. Instead of projecting this game as taking place in some far-off or even fictional country, we should probably consider what it's saying about where we are living, where the player is living. Well, this is actually uh, the uh, one of the things that we like about our game, uh, because it doesn't give you a specific answer. And uh, it's not only about the gameplay or the quests that you as a player should go through. It's also about the setting because uh, when you are uh, when you first see the game, you may think, "Oh, yeah, this is the Russia, definitely." What any other country can be there, but as you try to think it all over, you understand that uh, well, no, there is no specific answer to this question, and uh, this uncertainty, this uh, final decision that will lead to a end user to a specific player who plays the game, this is uh, really the feature that we like. So I think that, you sh that if you show this game to 10 different people, you might get 10 different countries. Yeah, some of the other things I was reminded of as I was playing this game were the game Papers, Please, which I think is even mentioned in Beholder, and also the movie The Lives of Others, which is set in Germany, uh, I think Eastern Germany. Were there other games or movies that inspired the creation of Beholder? We talked about the countries it may be representing, but are there any particular games or movies that were uh, inspirational? I think that we should talk about books in the first place, because uh, it's definitely George Orwell with uh, his famous uh, 1984. And this, uh, this was actually the uh, main inspiration for the game. Uh, if we're speaking about some uh references in games uh well yes uh a lot of our players see the similarity uh between beholder and papers please then maybe some kind of uh, similarity with uh, this world mine but in general i think that uh well by the way interesting thing about the movie like the lives of others because uh we uh this movie has been released in 2006, as far as I remember, uh, and it's comparatively, it's not, it's not new, it's uh, over, over 10 years. Uh, but we found out about this film uh, 
this spring. So when the all the major uh, quests and all the major characters have already been shaped, and there were only details that we were working on, and we uh, we were very excited and surprised to see how uh, the general atmosphere of this film is similar to uh, the atmosphere of our game, and uh, we even saw. Uh, specific, small specific details in the background that we actually have in common. So I think it's not about the games or movies that inspire us, but it's all about the the general idea of uh, a person who's given a power and the way this uh, person uses the powers that they have. And uh, when we're speaking about this, a lot of different moral questions uh, appear arise uh, and you gotta you gotta decide uh, what's wrong what's good what's bad and all the things all these questions that we actually try to ask ourselves and the player in this game these are these are pretty much universal questions that uh, that are uh, that appear in different uh, movies different books different games so uh, there will be uh, similar games uh, because of the universal uh, nature of uh, the problems that we are trying to uh, speak about in our title. You're right. There are a lot of games that are bringing up these difficult issues, not just games, but other media. Uh, you mentioned this War of Mine, which was developed in Poland. Those developers have also been on my podcast here. Just like this War of Mine, Beholder requires that the player make difficult decisions, which isn't always a fun thing to do, to be put in that situation where you have to make a choice between whose life you save or who is more important. And if that is something that makes a player uncomfortable, I'm wondering, in your opinion, why do players play games that make them uncomfortable if games are supposed to be fun? First of all, I think that the worst thing that a game can do to a player is uh, to leave them indifferent. If uh, you've played a game and you felt nothing, you have no emotions whatsoever, this is really a bad game. Uh, on the other hand, um, if we try to compare uh, the game industry to other media, for instance, for uh, with the cinema, movies, there are a lot of movies, uh, co- comedies that you will just uh, watch one time, spend a good evening, and then forget about them. Uh, maybe some action films with the great uh, effects and visuals and uh, stunning picture, but again with uh, with not that uh, let's say depth in the scenario, in the idea. And on the other hand, there are some films that you may feel uncomfortable while watching them but still after you uh, finish the film you still have questions in your head and you keep thinking about them keep uh, thinking about what you've seen uh, what you would do if you were the hero of this movie and maybe later you will even decide to watch this film once again so i think that our game is not uh, a game that you will just uh, pick and uh, try to spend some time on when you have nothing to do. Our game is a game about choice and we understand that it sometimes may not be that fun, but it will definitely 
won't leave you uh, indifferent. You will feel something. Uh, you will feel a great emotion. Yes, sometimes this emotion may not be that comfortable and uh, enjoyable and fun. But we, in this very specific game, we wanted this emotion to appear. So in general, if we speak about the, uh, the, uh, th this project as a uh, whole thing, there is not that much fun there in general. But anyway, while you are uh, playing this game, as you're uh, going through one quest to another, you will still have uh, a chance to uh, complete this game. And uh, I just don't want to spoil some uh, quests and uh, I'm trying to put it as, <laughs> as less specific as possible. Well, anyway, uh, by finishing this game, you may uh, win it. There is a chance and there is a specific scenario uh, where you can uh, get out from this game as a winner. But anyway, the most important part for us is to uh, let a player uh, with feelings and with thoughts after a player finishes this game. Uh, thoughts about uh, what is good or what is bad and uh, how the player feels when they decide to either report on some character or to save them uh, what kind of the behavior they accepted and what kind of behavior may uh, makes them feel uncomfortable or, or even bad about themselves. Uh, that's in general. Uh, if we're talking about specific parts of the game, uh, we try to make it as fun as possible because even in a totalitarian state, uh, there are always a room, a space for some good joke. Uh, that's why uh, we do have a mention of the papers, please, as you've mentioned before. Uh, we also have different kinds of Easter eggs there. We have the, uh, some other references to some other games. Uh, not just a reference, but a kind of a uh, joke or maybe a humorous situation that will uh, make a player uh, smile. Uh, but that's just... Uh, just small jokes that will make player feel a bit relieved before they go on with their very difficult moral choices. I'm glad to hear there is a state in which the player can win. I know that there are multiple endings, but I never really thought that any one of those many endings might be a winning state because the game is all about sacrifice and... In the end of the game, I can't imagine that you're going to escape the totalitarian state. You're st I mean, one person can only make so much change. And so I, I know that you can't go into spoilers, but I, I want to keep playing the game and figure out what it looks like to win at Beholder. Not just finish the game, but actually win mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. You said a great thing that uh, this game is about sacrifice. And uh, this is the part where we uh, get really subjective because... For some people, sacrifice is a win. Uh, for other people, sacrifice is actually a lose. So uh, in this in, in this case, um, we do not offer a player some kind of a moral compass that we want them to follow. We give the player a certain set of uh, actions that are going to happen. And uh, we may uh, give a player some ideas on how they things are going to uh, develop, how the story is going to unfold. 
when we're trying to uh, make hints on what's going to happen after this or that choice, we are uh, we, we try to be as logical as possible. So there are several uh, storylines that are pretty much logical. And when these storylines combine, and when you find yourself at some point where different stories uh, cross and you have to make a decision, you may be you may see the consequences very clearly because they are logical. But what we cannot see and the player cannot see until uh, players get to this very point is what feelings they will gonna experience uh, at the moment of choosing, at the moment of making the decision. So um, for us as developers and for us as players uh, who actually played this game, even we cannot say uh, what it is to win a beholder because every person has its own moral compass. And for every person winning uh, as uh, as a thing that, that doesn't uh, strictly connect it to surviving, is th- th- this is not a universal thing. For every person, this thing is different. So uh, we believe that a lot of players who may as uh, who may actually uh, fail to escape the state, they will still have a feeling of winning the game and vice versa. So uh, there is a uh, part where you can actually uh, survive, your character can survive. But there are a lot of different endings where this may not happen, but you will still be feeling as a winner. And that is actually what we would like our players to try, because you may try to be both a good person trying to save someone trying to to pressure the life of the people that surround you uh, on the other hand you may choose the path of being the uh policeman of the state to strictly follow the directives to pay no attention to uh what's going on with other people and uh, maybe while you're playing our game uh, you will drive to a conclusion that uh, being a policeman is not that good or maybe being a policeman is not that bad. So since we do not uh, give a player any moral compass, we think that a lot of players who come across one and the same ending will feel both winners and losers. Fascinating. I'm looking forward to seeing that for myself. I'd like to talk a little bit about the development of the game leading up to its launch. The first time I became aware of Beholder was when it went on Kickstarter in the spring of 2016, just a few months ago. And it that campaign did not meet its goal. Not every Kickstarter does. About two-thirds of all Kickstarters don't meet their goal. Why do you think Beholder did not meet its goal? Did it not resonate with players, or did, did something else go wrong? Well, first of all, why... Did we start uh, this campaign on Kickstarter? Uh, again, when uh, we're speaking about warm-up games as an experiment, as an indie studio that we uh, created and uh, let them into their own journey, uh, this Kickstarter campaign seemed to be a logical uh, thing to do for an indie uh, development team. As for the results of the campaign, I think that it is very, very difficult to promote a game that is so controversial. So uh, what you can 
show the players is definitely some art, uh, which well, in our opinion is great. I hope you share this opinion. Then maybe some uh, technical solutions, some, I don't know, high, uh, so, so some things that you can actually uh, surprise players with, I don't know, VR technology or something like this. Uh, our game was not about uh, technical solutions. It wasn't about some multiplayer. We did, would not have multiplayer there. It is a single player game, uh, which may be uh, in great colors, in great, uh, the, the graphic style is great, but the story of this game uh, cannot be clearly put in just a few sentences in one game trailer. So I believe so. Maybe uh, we uh, failed to uh, find the way to uh, inform the players in a couple of sentences what exactly they are going to get. Uh, because uh, we did see a lot of interest to the game, but uh, since the Kickstarter campaign failed, I think that we... Uh, just failed to uh, put the words right in order to get the players to understand what they're going to get. Because, well, frankly speaking, Beholder is a game, but it's not an entertainment. It's a it's a game that uh, requires your uh, not only your time and attention, but always requires your I don't know some some personal moral compass, which is not always an entertainment. Maybe that is the reason why we did manage to uh, get this Kickstarter campaign uh, success. Oh, I can definitely see that. I can imagine that having never run a Kickstarter campaign, but having backed many, that there is a certain level of appeal or even sexiness or flashiness that draws people to give their money. And it's not necessarily a game like Beholder, which does have a fantastic art style, but is more about the experience than it is the entertainment, as we were saying earlier. Definitely. I'm also curious about, I've talked about how the environment, the geography may or may not have inspired the game, but it, it certainly did have an impact on the game's development. When I talk to people here in the United States, they bring their games as they are still in development to events like the Penny Arcade Expo or PAX, or to GDC or E3, and they get people to play the game before it comes out and give them feedback face-to-face. -face. I'm not familiar with the gaming scene in Siberia. Are there opportunities to sit down with people and show them your game? Are there game conventions that Beholder went to before it came out? Well, if we're speaking about the, uh, the scene here in uh, Siberia, well, actually, eastern part of Russia uh, as well as uh, Eastern Europe in general is a great source of uh, developers and IT specialists and uh, uh, a lot of work in different mobile and PC games. Uh, I would say both small casual projects and the huge AAA titles uh, is outsourced in here. So uh, there are a lot of IT companies in Novosibirsk and uh, they develop software and outsource and uh, there are a lot of talented developers and uh IT specialists, but uh, well, we do have uh, uh, several uh, indie game developing studios, uh, but there are no uh, there are no um, say huge uh, 
events, uh, that are game events that are happening here in Novosibirsk. So uh, what we can do is just to make some sort of a uh, small meeting with people that we know to show game to these people. But if we compare that to some uh, some events like uh, PAX E3 or something like this, it's definitely not the same scale. So we actually uh, visited Gamescom in uh, Cologne this August and uh, showed the game to players. And uh, we actually received a highly positive feedback. And, uh, well, I think that... Um, it is always very, 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 very good to participate in different events, uh, especially international events, because there is a great opportunity for both team and the title the team is presenting. So we're definitely going to participate in some events. Uh, I'm not sure whether we're going to do this uh, this year because we are getting ready to uh, release Beholder. And uh, I think we will have a lot of work uh for the first uh, several weeks after the release, but uh, I think that we will definitely show this game in some events in 2017. And when is the game coming out? Right now it's not on Steam under early access. Instead, it's available as a demo. When do we expect to see the full game come out? Well, it's going to happen this fall. Uh, I can say that it's going to happen this November, and I hope that this is going to happen early in this November. The Kickstarter said that the game is originally coming out for Steam. I've been playing it on my Mac, but that later it will be released on other platforms like iOS, Android, and consoles, which I presume means PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Are we still going to be seeing those other releases happen sometime soon? Uh, we will definitely uh, release uh, the game on both mobile platforms and consoles. It is still a chance, a possibility that we will be able to release the mobile versions of this game by the end of 2016. But uh, there is a slight chance that we may uh, postpone the release uh, because we may have some, I don't know, some feedback that may uh, affect the development process after the release of uh, Beholder on Steam. But anyway, we have a great team of uh, developers who have very experienced in porting uh, games to mobile and consoles, so we will definitely see the mobile versions of this game. Excellent. I think the interface for the game would work well on mobile. I think it would translate well to a tablet. I've been playing it on the Mac, and it uh, took me a little bit of getting used to, but once I got the hang of it, it was very easy to scroll around the level, zoom in on just what I needed to see, and make things happen very quickly. Uh, it's a user interface that works very well for this kind of game. Great to hear that. So we've talked so much about the, the the context and the substance and the meaning of the game. I'm sure we could talk for hours more about other aspects of the game and the art style, which we barely scratched the surface of. But I don't want to take up too much of your time. If there was any one other thing about Beholder you would want to talk about that I didn't bring up, what would that be? I think that there is one thing that we may talk about is uh, this uh, totalitarian thing that actually describes in its name that something is going to be prohibited. So when we're talking about a totalitarian state, it's always a lack of freedom, a lack of privacy, a lack of choices or whatsoever. But it is not that depressing because in our demo version, the players come uh, across different things that are prohibited. But if we just say it is prohibited, uh, 
every person will try to think of something that uh, violates their freedom. But if we see this in the game, you can come across three things that are prohibited, at least at the very beginning uh, of demo version. Uh, apples are prohibited, and this sounds like something really stupid and really, but what apples, what's wrong with apples? Then you come across the thing that a certain type of literature and certain type of books are also prohibited. And this you will definitely consider as a, as a state trying to uh, control you, control the way you think, control the way you uh, see things, control the things you read, controls your, control your thoughts. And the third, th and the third thing is uh, that drugs are also prohibited. And this thing sounds like not that very totalitarian. So the the, the point that I'm trying to make is uh, that uh, if something is prohibited, it may not be good or bad. It all depends on what it is that is prohibited. And our game is all about this. We state that something is there, but you cannot actually understand what it is, and you cannot develop a, well, not correct, but relevant emotional experience and relevant uh, opinion until you got there and see what's, what there is. So it's a, uh, I would say we've got a lot of double meanings. <laughs> I guess so. It's a very thoughtful and substantial game, and one that will ideally leave players thinking for quite some time. Hope it will. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, we have we've covered so much ground. Uh, could you please remind our listeners where to find Beholder online? You can find it on uh, Steam. Uh, it is available as a demo version. Uh, you can just type Beholder in the search field, and you'll find the game. Uh, we have also uh, we can also be found on the web. Uh, there is a site beholdergame.com. Uh, we also have uh, the communities on Twitter and Facebook and some uh, regional uh, social media. For example, uh, in Russia there is a Kontakte. Uh, but anyway, the, uh, these are the, <laughs> the, the these are the main points of entrance. Great, and there will be links to all those in the show notes found at indiesider.net slash beholder. Yevgeny Kapustin of LOR Entertainment, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. This has been IndieCider, a GameBits production. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback at indiesider.net.